Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, You can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. Hello, America, and happy Thursday. A very busy day in Congress. Joe Biden, the man who said he was looking for consensus with Republicans, sent a stunning $6.8 trillion budget to Congress. It's dead on arrival. It's not a serious offer to try to find common ground in Congress. It would be one of the largest spending proposals in American history. And it comes as his own Fed chairman and many of the neutral Nonpartisan bodies in Washington, people like the Congressional Budget Office, have been warning that inflationary pressures are continuing and government spending will only make it worse. And that the debt we're accruing, which is now well past $31 trillion, is only going to get worse. It's only going to put more pressure on the economy, cause the government's expenditures on just debt service, meaning the interest rates we pay, to historic highs, maybe surpassing even what we spend on our national security at the Pentagon, that would be a stunning change and a real sign of the ill health that our economy finds itself in today. With that said, there's also been some major developments on Capitol Hill. Overnight, Senator Mitch McConnell, the minority leader in the Senate, long time, in fact, the longest serving leader in the Senate, he tripped and fell. He's hospitalized. Things look serious. So we'll keep you up to date on that at justthenews.com. And then there's the beginning of a hearing. It's ongoing now as we're talking to you about what really went on in East Palestine, Ohio, the train crash, including the CEO of the railway. A lot of concerns. There's a really good story that one of my colleagues broke today. This railway, which is getting pounded on by Democrats for the toxic release of chemicals that occurred as a result of the accident over a month ago now, it has some large investors that are part of the ESG movement, the Environmental Social Governance Movement. That's the movement that claims it's using its investments to force good environmental policies in corporations. Kind of a real eyesore for the ESG movement that one of the rails that, railways that they chose to invest in has a major toxic crisis on its hands. That's a really good story. Go check that out. Of course, you heard so much of the other things that we have done, including Ron Johnson. You'll hear from him later in the week on the show. But a lot of news happening out there, and we're covering it all wall-to-wall, nonstop at justthenews.com. The big ruling on the border. Last night, Florida federal judge says that Joe Biden's border policies are illegal and have turned the border into a meaningless line in the sand that illegal aliens could cross because there's an invite there. And I think that that's a really big thing. A few minutes ago, speaking of the Biden budget, McCarthy said $10.5 trillion of interest costs are rolling up 
on the debt over the next 10 years, it is going to threaten our security, not just our economic security, but our national security. That's a big deal as well. So a lot going on. Last night, also, we learned that Joe Biden had nine more boxes of documents that his lawyer possesses that may have federal or classified records in them. We don't know because the National Archives, you're not going to believe this, they haven't looked at it. They were found in November, alerted in November. They didn't bother to take a look at that. That's a pretty compelling thing as well. And I, I think a lot of people are taking a look at that and wondering what the heck is going on here. Well, that is a quick flyover of the extraordinary amount of news that's been breaking around town the last 12 hours. Hopefully we got you up to speed really quickly there. In the meantime, we have a great show for you today. It's chock full of some really great guests. We're going to start our day off today with Congressman Eli Crane from Arizona, Republican, former Navy SEAL, Joined the military after 9-11 to serve his country. Now he's joining Congress. He was one of the 20 holdouts. In fact, he was the only freshman Republican to hold out against Kevin McCarthy to the very end. But he has been impactful as a young member in Congress, as one of the newest members in Congress. Has a lot to say. He had a fantastic op-ed that got a lot of attention the last two days. Biden's America Last Agenda fans the flames of a world war. A very powerful piece. We're going to ask him why he wrote it and what he meant by it. We'll talk about the border with him, about the DNI report that came out yesterday describing how much worse the threats from China, Russia, Iran, and North Korea have become in the last few years under Joe Biden. And we'll ask him, all right, you imposed McCarthy to the very end. What do you think he's done so far? And what do you think of his release of the videotapes? We'll get all of that in at the top of the show with Congressman Eli Crane. And then over the weekend at CPAC, we had an extraordinary chance to talk to Harriet Hageman, another freshman Republican who bumped out of office, Liz Cheney, someone that Donald Trump and many of the MAGA Republicans despise for her role on January 6th, for her role in, in some of her national security positions. Well, they put Liz Cheney on the unemployment land. She eventually landed at the University of Virginia with a teaching job. But Harriet Hageman, we spent some time with her at CPAC. She's got some really fascinating insights about what's going on. We really want to play that for you. And then there's been some really great election integrity reporting we've been doing with my amazing colleague here at Just the News, Natalia Middlestap. We're going to bring her on the show briefly to give you an update on the whistleblowers in Orange County, Florida. That's the Orlando area right around Disney World, one of the blue areas in red Florida. A lot of allegations of potential election impropriety from insiders, including a Democratic candidate and the former IT director for the elections department there. We're going to get a quick update on that. I know all of you care about elections, making sure they're more secure and also easy to vote. Natalia does great work, and we're going to get an update on those whistleblower cases, which are now under criminal investigation by the state police. So that is our show today. Eli Crane, Harriet Hageman, Natalia Middlestadt, back to back to back right after these commercial messages from our great advertisers, sponsors, and of course, partners. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out. Higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. 
Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation, and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it, with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends, who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day, and I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. I love the fruit flavors particularly, and it's completely improved my life and my health. This is nutrition the way nature intended. When I began taking a hard look at why I wasn't feeling good and why I felt unhealthy, why I was gaining weight, why I was losing energy, it wasn't just because I had hit my 50s. No, it was because I wasn't getting the right amount of fruit and vegetables in my diet. And listen, it's, I'm just too busy to go to the store, clean up the vegetables, cook uh, uh, vegetable dinners, and make sure I hit the fruit. A field of greens stepped in. One scoop of powder in my drink or on my eggs in the morning, and boom, I was off and feeling better. And suddenly, I was losing weight. I was sleeping better. My metabolism went up. My blood sugar went down. My cholesterol went down. And my weight went down. And my doctor said, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it doing. You know what that is? It's Field of Greens. That's what I've been doing. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health. I trust Field of Greens to keep me healthy. I promise you, you're going to love this product. But if for any reason you don't, they'll give you 100% money-back guarantee. Now, you're going to get 15% off your first order, plus free rush shipping because of the incredible partnership we have here at Just the News with Brick House Nutrition and, of course, Field of Greens. All you got to do to take advantage of this offer, visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Don't wait. Go to fieldofgreens.com today. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS for 15% off. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. Our next guest has this remarkable record of public service. Right after the terrible September 11th, 2001 terror attacks, he decided to enlist in the military, worked his way up to be a Navy SEAL, served his country so bravely through all the wars, and then didn't stop his service when he got out. He decided, you know what, I want to keep serving. I'm going to go to Washington, see what I can do to fix things up there and today, he represents the great people in the 2nd District of Arizona. He is Republican Congressman Eli Crane, and he joins us right now. Congressman, great to have you on the show. Hey, John. Thanks a lot for uh, having me on, man. I've been a fan of your work for a very long time. Well, thank you so much. And I know there are so many fans, myself included, in the common sense things that you're doing every day. There was an op-ed that caught my eye a few days ago. Uh, I think it was in Newsweek. It was brilliantly framed because it really talked about the change that Joe Biden has brought into the foreign policy and national security space. Nearly every president, certainly going back to the Eisenhower Truman days, defined the American interest first and then explained to the American people how that applied to our foreign policy needs. If we were intervening here or fighting this, fighting the Cold War, 
every president would define what the American need was, what the American interest was, and then ask for permission of the people or the Congress to go forward and fund things. Joe Biden seems to have done the opposite. He engages on things and doesn't even try to acknowledge what the American, he doesn't explain what the American interest. And as you put it so powerfully, he actually has put America last. And the headline of this really caught my attention. Biden's America last agenda fans the flames of a world war. Tell us a little bit about what inspired you to write this. Well, John, you know, I'm, the reason I came up here and ran uh, for Congress was I'm just really concerned about this country, the trajectory of it, and the future that my kids and future generations are going to be left with. You know, Ukraine is one of the, I think, biggest mistakes that this administration is making. And uh, unfortunately, there's a there's many members of my own party, you know, who I love to death, but I, I, I'm very disappointed in their, you know, their stance on Ukraine. And the reason for that, John, is not because I want to see Ukrainians get overrun by Russians or killed. It's not because I don't have a heart or I'm not sensitive to it. I mean, I spent many years of my life fighting alongside foreigners so that they could have some of the freedoms that we have in this country. My my primary issues are that, one, we're $31 trillion in debt. There, If you just saw, you know, uh, President Biden's recent budget that he dropped, you can tell that there's no appetite or desire at all to quit spending money that we don't have. So there's the economic impact of sending over $100 billion over to Ukraine. There's the escalation piece where we started as, you know, we started with regular support, then it became tens of billions of dollars. Now it's becoming M1 Abrams tanks, and now there's a push to send F-16 fighters over there. I wouldn't be surprised at all, John, if we did, in fact, blow up the Keystone XL pipeline. And it's just like everything that these guys are doing is pushing us further and further and closer and closer to World War III. You know, and it's not just with the Russians, John. I mean, you could you can make the case that there is a pretty evil and powerful access being formed right now with Russia, China, Iran. And, and others to combat and take down the United States and the West. And I don't know about you, John, but I, don't, I wouldn't trust the individuals that we have leading our national security to fight against the military of Zimbabwe, let alone that evil access that I just mentioned. And right now we're seeing hearings on Capitol Hill going on about what happened in the withdrawal of Afghanistan. And I don't think the, I don't think the American people have much faith in this military, uh, our commander in chief, and it's not the military folks. It's not, we have amazing men and women that serve in our military. It's just, and we have amazing equipment. It's just that they're led by folks that are more focused on equity, diversity, and inclusion than they are on being the most lethal fighting force in the globe. Those are a couple reasons that I'm concerned about what's going on in Ukraine, but also, John, it would be problematic if I didn't raise the fact that we don't even have a southern border, John. You know, we're not even protecting our own citizens, and yet we seem more concerned about what's going on in a country on the globe that most people can't even point to. That's problematic, and that makes me and others want to go back to a time and place under, you know, President Trump or individuals in the same you know, in the same theme as him that have America first policies and look at everything that we face with an America first lens. And that is clearly not happening right now. 
it is truly remarkable to see the border, to see the contrast between what do people see with their own eyes, right? You can look at the border with your own eyes. You know what's going on. And then you hear President Biden or Alejandro Mayorkas, the Homeland Security Secretary, say, it's secure. The numbers don't prove that. Your visuals don't prove that. But yesterday, a federal judge in Florida handed the Attorney General of Florida a major win, saying the Biden policies are unlawful. He's not enforcing the laws as required by congressionally passed legislation. And that he had made the border, the secure border of the United States, a meaningless line in the sand. Basically, he said there was a walk over and come over. We're open all the time message to illegal aliens. That judge's ruling was so sweeping and so damning in its condemnation of the president. Do you think some of the media start to pay attention to the fact that they're not getting an honest story from Biden anymore? You know, I think a lot of the media is paying attention to it. Actually, when this administrative you know, administration lies, they seem to speak their native tongue. I think that, I think everybody's onto it, whether we're talking about, you know, their energy policies, what's going on at the border, you know, COVID-19 cover-ups, you know, or the weaponization of the DOJ um, and other institutions that we have. I think that the American people and, you know, some folks in the media have caught on to the fact that if they tell you one thing, it's most likely that they're doing the complete opposite. Yeah, it it really is frustrating for most Americans to see that. And obviously your state is on the front lines of the border crisis, but now every state feels it, whether it's fentanyl or the crime or the social safety net being overwhelmed by illegal aliens who should never be let into the country in the first place. I wanted to flip to another subject that you have been so eloquent on, and I think it's looking at the external forces that we face. We're not only weakening ourselves from within with the America last agenda, as, as people call it, but the, the failure to competently carry out our national security responsibilities. We saw that yesterday with the powerful hearing with the Afghan soldiers who reminded us how they were left in a lurch, a lethal lurch during the exit of Afghanistan. But the DNI, the intelligence community, is increasingly worried that China, Russia, Iran, and North Korea are growing as threats to American security and American superiority. The advances that China, Russia, Iran, and North Korea have made in their aggression the last couple of years, compared to where they were during the Trump years, is so measurable. Even the intelligence community is sounding the alarm. What was the reaction of members that you've talked to on both sides of the aisle to the DNI's warning that America is facing some of the gravest threats we've faced in a very long time? Well, I hate to say it, John, but we didn't need the DNI to tell us that. I mean, I think Americans have been um, keen to this for a long time. It's just like they were keen to the fact that COVID-19 didn't come from a bat. And, you know, so many other lies that, you know, I talked about previously. Um, but, yes, it is it is very concerning to, you know, many of us up here who feel a responsibility to represent the American people and also are constantly fighting against this swamp up here, this administration, and quite frankly, the establishment that seems to rule this town. It, sometimes it, it, gets, uh, it can get overwhelming, but there are many people up here who are dedicating much of their lives to making sure that the same freedoms and framework that got us here in the first place are protected and preserved. And I can't tell you what the outcome will be, John. Um, you know, we had a saying in the military, if you play stupid games, you're going to win stupid prizes. And that's what I see happening um, in foreign policy right now with this access that we keep talking about forming up. 
I think it, a lot of it is due to very poor uh, foreign policy decisions um, and practices that, you know, have been going on in this country for a very long time. Um, and it's it's very concerning. It's very concerning. And I, I do want to give props to guys like you, you know, who have been on the tip of the spear for a very long time and just doing some amazing investigative reporting and, and, and shining a light in, in so many dark and corrupt areas in Washington, D.C., but uh, just around the world. So thank you, John, for doing what you're doing, man. Uh, there's a lot of us that really, you know, we, we look to guys like you, and it's, it's hard to find people with integrity these days who actually are trusted by the American people, and you're most certainly one of them. Well, sir, that means a lot coming from you with all the extraordinary service you've given your country. My work pales in comparison, but I do appreciate it. There's so much truth, we just have to keep telling, and I think Americans are hungry for truth. They know now they've been misled enough. They just want to find facts that make up their own mind based on the facts, not have someone make it up for them. You had something that really caught my attention. It was a tweet a couple of days ago that put in perspective our investment in Ukraine. And there's a lot of Republicans and Democrats that think we should assist Ukraine. But the $113 billion that has already been committed by President Biden, you tweeted out, exceeds the amount of money we spend per year in the United States on our own diplomacy at the State Department and on our own security at the Homeland Security Department. That really puts things into perspective. This is a massive investment without a clarity of what the ultimate mission is and without an assurity that it's actually going to the, the most important warfighting capabilities in Ukraine. Tell us a little bit why you tweeted that and why most Americans should pay a little bit more attention to this. Well, first of all, again, John, I'll repeat that we are $31 trillion in debt. I mean, that is just a staggering number. And sadly, John, there's not really an appetite up here from the majority of even our conference to do what needs to be done to make the necessary cuts um, to turn this economic ship around. Um, you know, and it's just, it's sad. It's sad, John, because you know, I talked about I talked about in that that article what we're spending on our own security, and I and I pointed out some of you know um, our weaknesses and the fact that our own border is non-existent and and compromised, and so it just it 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 drives Americans crazy to know that they're constantly put last, that their needs are being put last, you know, that they have a government you know whose primary job outside of protecting their unalienable God-given rights is to protect them, their, their communities, their homes, their children. And it seems like, you know, at the federal and state level, often the exact opposite is going on, whether there's, you know, whether their kids are being exposed to, you know, drag shows at school or by drag queens or, you know, whether, you know, whether they're not being allowed to be told if, um, you know, their kids you know, are, are being coaxed into gender reassignment, you know, uh, big issue, dialogue, whatever it is, John, you know, it, it just goes back to that America last, that America last policy. And quite frankly, John, we can't afford it. Not only can we not, not only can we not afford it economically because of all the massive debt that we have, but we can't afford it because we have so many of our, our young men and women and just, men and women across this country, I think it was like 100,000 last year that were killed by fentanyl. We have people that are, you know, being hurt and killed by gang members that come over that southern border. We have, you know, the United States of America is the, num the leading um, consumer of uh, sex trafficking. 
And it's just like nothing is being done about it. Nothing is being taken seriously. I was down at the border a couple weeks ago, John, in El Paso on a CODEL for Homeland Security. And uh, while we were there, an SUV with, I think it was 70 pounds of cocaine, right when we were there, rolled rolled through. And, you know, not only that, but then we went up in a helicopter and we saw group after group after group, you know, r- you know, trying to hide from the helicopter and running, you know, trying to cross the border, but then running away from the helicopter. And it's just like, all they would do, John, is they would wait till the helicopter got out of sight, and then they would turn right back around and come for the border because they know there's no consequences. And Americans are just fed up. They're fed up with, you know, a government that's supposed to be protecting them, that they actually pay tax dollars to protect them, not doing it, and then often, way too often, being weaponized against them. And that's why you've seen Republicans form the subcommittee on the weaponization of government against, you know, the American citizen. And, you know, I think it's one of the I'm hopeful that that subcommittee will be fruitful, John, and aggressive because I know Americans sure do. Yeah, there's no doubt. And that committee could be one of the most consequential investigations in a very long time in Congress if it's done right. And I want to step back for a little bit. There obviously was an exciting start to the Republican leadership in the House, a really healthy debate. I think people look back now and say, at the time, it was portrayed as the Republicans don't have their act together. This is crazy. But it actually turned out to be this extraordinarily healthy debate about really, truly changing, not saying you're changing Washington, but trying to change the rules of Washington in a way that would actually make a difference. You're now about uh, 10 weeks into the experiment. What grade would you give not only the speaker, Speaker McCarthy, but the overall caucus in terms of delivering on the promises that Americans sent them to Washington to deliver on? You know, I think, I think, uh, I think overall we're, we're doing okay. Um, I, I still see some, uh, you know, I, I still see some backsliding um, and just a return in, in ways towards business as usual. But we're, we'll continue to monitor that and work on that, John. But I do want to give Kevin McCarthy uh, a boy and props for releasing the uh, January 6th tapes to Tucker Carlson. I think that was a massive, a massive move um, for the American people. Um, I keep talking about how the trust is, you know, really been diminished in this country with organizations and institutions that many of us held in such high esteem for so long. And I think that was a step in the right direction. Um, I, I do think it will result in what it is already resulting in and, and more distrust, but at least they're seeing the Speaker of the House you know, execute transparency and giving the American people the other side of that story. And I'm grateful that we have, you know, again, people like yourself and Tucker Carlson, you know, who, um, you know, could go along with the, you know, go with the flow and be like everybody else, but have enough courage to actually, um, you know, not worry about what Chuck Schumer or other people are, you know, other people are, you know, uh, hammering away at Tucker Carlson for and and it you know courage is something that has always impressed me but here's the other thing John courage is contagious and so when I see guys you know like Tucker Carlson you know uh, you know being you know having that tv show where it seems like you tune in every night and you're just impressed and amazed at you know what he's willing to say that many people aren't Um, and then even again I'll say you know Kevin McCarthy who, you know, I didn't, I didn't vote for because my... No, you were the, in fact, you were the only freshman to hold out to the end. It was pretty remarkable. That's right. And you know why I did that, John? 
because my my constituents told me for a year and a half they didn't want me to support Kevin McCarthy. And, you know, my job up here is to represent them. And how interesting is it, John, that that actually is a, such a big story that somebody comes up here and does what their constituents actually want. That tells you a lot about tells you a lot about this town. But I will say again, I was impressed that Kevin McCarthy did that. I know he he took a lot of heat for it, and uh, you know I'm going to try and call balls and strikes when it comes to the speaker and just this conference. And when when I, when I think he does a good job, I'll be I'll be the first to say it. It is fascinating to see the traditional mainstream media and the establishment in Washington rail against the release of these tapes. And you use the right word, right? This is an act of transparency. All we're getting to see is facts and we can make up our own mind facts that we've been deprived of. But many people whose profession has relied on facts, whose obligation is to create more transparency in America, like the news media, like some of the members of Congress, they've actually been afraid of these tapes. They're they're talking down what has been a true act of transparency. I think the American people got a good sense of the hypocrisy. People talk transparency, but they don't sometimes want it. And I think this is one of those moments where it got exposed. You tussle with the media a lot, and it has to be difficult to deal with the hometown media in Arizona and even here in Washington. Do you get any sense that they realize the decline in standing they have with everyday Americans? You know, if they do, John, I don't think they really care about it because at the end of the day and the people that are attacking the release of the January 6th tapes, they don't care at all about transparency. They care about one thing and one thing only, and that's power. And unfortunately in this town and, you know, all across the world, you know, for, you know, for centuries, you've got to control the narrative. You've got to control the media if you're going to control the populace. And that's what these people care about. And it breaks my heart, John, because I never thought, you know, as somebody who grew up watching Hulk Hogan and WWF, you know, WWF and just, you know, grew up, you know, in such a patriotic time, it breaks my heart to see what's going on in this country. And it, but it does strengthen my resolve to get in here, you know, make sure I'm prepared and go to work every single day to try and, you know, hold people, especially in this town and in these institutions accountable um, for their misrepresentations and for just pushing an agenda that is not focused on what it's supposed to be focused on. A lot of these, a lot of these people, John, as you know, are supposed to be protecting the American people and that's not what they're doing. They're more interested in protecting the agenda and keeping you know, keeping the people they want in power than actually doing their jobs. And that's a damn shame. It is. It is. Absolutely. Well, Congressman, one thing I'm certain of, the constituents in the second district of Arizona know that you're listening to them and you're representing their interest, not some Washington Beltway lobbyist interest. I, I think they've gotten that sense very strongly in your first few weeks here in Washington. We're so grateful for your service to your country, including in Congress and for spending so much time with us today. What a great honor to have you on the show. Thank you, brother. I, I'd love to do it again sometime. I appreciate you, John. We, uh, we appreciate you as well, sir. And thank you. We will make this happen again. We really enjoyed it. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. When we come back, the freshman congresswoman from Wyoming, the woman who knocked off Liz Cheney, Congresswoman Harriet Hageman, right after these messages. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. 
At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome back, everybody. We have a very special guest, Wyoming representative who was on our show many times as a candidate. She now serves in Congress, Harriet Hageman. Congresswoman, thank you so much for being here. Well, it's wonderful to be back with you. I was so appreciative of the opportunity to visit with you when I was running for office. And it's good to be here as the as the representative from Wyoming. We, we love having you on, and you always have such a clear message. Uh, for, for our audience, we were just talking before this break about the Constitution and how it seems to be persona non grata in some factions of America, some age groups, some demographics. And you were talking about how on your panel this morning, uh, talking about the weaponization of the federal government, and that, of course, brings in the, the conversation about free speech. Uh, that, that is a big topic of conversation. You've been such a fighter for that. Talk to us about it. Well, as I said when we were visiting earlier, is that so many of my answers today in the panel came back to the Constitution. I talked about our rights under the First Amendment. We visited about the Second Amendment, the Fourth Amendment, the Equal Protection Clause of the Fifth Amendment and the, and the Fourteenth Amendment. We talked about the Tenth Amendment and the importance of taking power out of Washington, D.C. And I, I said that I kind of felt like a broken record because I kept answering every question with, well, it's the Constitution. And, but the reality is, is that's what we've got to get back to. That is our foundational document. And why it's so critical in the discussion that we're having is, our Constitution protects us from the government, not the other way around. Our rights come from God. They don't come from the government. Because they come from God, the government cannot take them away. So I have an absolute First Amendment right in terms of both speech as well as hearing, uh, religious freedom. Uh, the Equal Protection Clause, as we talked about, is so incredibly important that everybody needs to be treated equally. That's, that's what, our, what our Constitution provides. So that's why the, that document seems to answer a lot of the, the problems problems we're having in this country. Mm-hmm. You did such a good job of defending the First Amendment. And I think uh, uh, today there starts to be a growing number of liberal voices that are beginning to realize we've gone way too far. You got Tulsi Gabbard out there. You got Alan Dershowitz. Do you think some Democrats yes. are starting to wake up that we've taken this country way too far to an extreme and it's time to wind it back? Well, I sure hope so, uh, because we need to get this country back and we need to get back on track. I am always going to say what, what, what I even said today on the panel, which is that we should not allow our government to be used against us. And when I refer to our government, what I'm talking about are these federal agencies, because that's the way that our government in large part has been weaponized. The Department of Justice, the Department or the, the FBI, uh, the EPA, I can go on and on about how these agencies are 
are taking more and more and more power. We're stockpiling more power in D.C. We're laundering more money through Washington, D.C., and it's absolutely contrary to our form of government. We need to convince, we need to be educating our students on this. We need to make sure that we are not allowing the federal government to become a dictatorial um, organization that controls every aspect of our lives. Yeah, Congresswoman, and, and unfortunately, that weaponization seems to infiltrate nearly every branch of our government. Uh, President Biden, through executive fiat, seems to uh, exact punitive action on, on certain people who, who don't agree with him, certain segments of society. Um, speaking of that, I wanted to ask you about the, the optics of him not going to East Palestine. Um, obviously, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg did finally go, I think, 10 days later, uh, or that was when he spoke on, and then it took an, another few days for him to actually get there. What does it say about this administration that Joe Biden is quicker to go to Ukraine than he is to East Palestine, Ohio? Well, you just said it, and I think what it shows you is the priorities. We are often referred to in the middle part of the country as flyover country, and I believe that President Biden and many people in the, in the Democrat Party have forgotten the real American citizens because we are not significant to them other than in their ability to control us. We saw that through the pandemic. We've seen that in terms of their education policy. We've seen it in terms of their energy po uh, policy. One of the things that I often talk about is how uh, horrible it is that this administration is not not only uh, not only to making policies that that uh, create energy poverty, they are pushing policies that create energy policy, uh, energy poverty, and it's just that I think that it epitomizes everything about this administration. It's not about the American people; it's about amass amassing power and control. Going to the Ukraine was, I believe, uh, just absolutely a ridiculous photo opportunity, um, and then we've got our people suffering right here because of that uh, because of failed policies all right folks we've got one more segment you don't want to miss it an update on a very important election integrity issue in the state of florida central florida by orlando by disney world two big whistleblowers making waves our very own just the news is natalia middlestat will bring us up to speed in just a few minutes <laughs> Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. Over the last six months, we've had the pleasure of bringing on a couple of whistleblowers from Central Florida on election integrity. One of them was a former candidate for Orange County Commissioner. She lost her race in August, and then she blew the whistle as a Democrat 
on the Democratic machinery in that county, which is in Orlando. It's in the center of the heart, right where Disney World is. It's one of the bluer areas of Florida. And she said, hey, there was harvesting going on. I seen it for years. I even was pitched on it. I recorded it. And her complaints were taken to the new Florida election police that Ron DeSantis, the governor, created. And an investigation has been launched. Then a former worker for the Orange County Elections Department who worked in the IT department, very senior, came forward and revealed that there were all sorts of irregularities going on inside the elections department. He continues to make disclosures about things that he discovered while he was there as a whistleblower. And we wanted to bring you up to speed on that because there were some new developments in the last few days on that. And uh, our great reporter, Natalia Middlestad, has been covering it. We're going to bring her in now to give us a quick update. Natalia, great to have you back on the show. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me on. So bring us up to speed. Earlier this week, we had a story saying that there was evidence that voters were having their address changed without their knowledge, that there may have been ineligible or dead or inappropriate people on the voter rolls. Tell us who this, remind us who this whistleblower is again and what his latest round of revelations are and what's happening with them with authorities. Sure. So Brian Freed is the whistleblower from the Orange County Supervisor of Elections Office. He was the um, information systems director until he was fired in October for blowing the whistle about another uh, employee within the supervisor of elections office who uh, allegedly committed several felonies uh, that came to light through two investigations. And so his, uh, Mr. Freed's latest uh, affidavit that he filed with the Florida Department of Law Enforcement um, this past week is regarding the uh, different issues that have basically been um, happening at the uh, supervisor of elections office, ranging from not only what he had previously mentioned about the other employee and um, the issues with people, uh, protected voters, uh, personally identifiable information getting out, but um, also with this one, it's regarding deceased voters who are voting like decades after they uh, died and even their relatives are calling supervisor of elections office saying, hey, please stop sending them, you know, vote by mail ballots. They're not requesting them because they're no longer living and we're still getting them. Um, So there's that issue that Brian Freed has um, alleged in his affidavit, as well as um, these bulk updates to voter addresses um, that these like temporary workers are just updating these voter addresses without the voters requesting them. And then the vote by mail ballots get sent out to those addresses. And then the voters are like, wait, I didn't get my vote by mail ballot. And so then they send out another ballot to the voter. So two two ballots are being sent out for, for just one voter. And to two different addresses, right? Right. Exactly. Yep. Yep. So the possibility is, and then one voter becomes two votes if both are still on the books. Is that correct? Yeah. Or they have the issue of you know, if there's two votes for one person, then it has to go before the canvassing board and they have to decide, okay, which one's the real one and um, go through that process. Yeah. Fantastic. What an amazing development. People wonder why we're losing so much confidence in our election system. And it is things like this. This guy was pretty senior, right? He was the IT director for the entire elections department, correct? Yes, that's right. And he no longer works there, right? He had a separation over this whistleblowing, correct? Mm Mm-hmm, that's correct. And his affidavits are being filed to what authority? What authority are these affidavits being submitted to? It's the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, so the state police, basically. And then the state police, once they take an initial look at it, they refer it to the new election crimes division, correct? 
Uh, it's more the other way, I think. So, uh, and I think initially went to the Florida crime, uh, election crimes unit, which is in the Florida state department. And then they referred to the FDLE to actually do the investigation. Wow. So that investigation is ongoing. No sense that they've shut it down or they're not taking this guy seriously at all, right? They're, they're pretty serious, right? Correct. Yeah. When I uh, contacted the FDLE, they said that they had received Brian's complaint and that investigators were reviewing it. So they are still in that process. Now let's go to the Orange County elections because they deserve their side of the story. There's been a long time elections registrar there. What is the county there saying about these allegations or what happened? What wrong? I know they've acknowledged some things were true. They were contesting some other things, right? Uh, yeah, in some cases. So um, basically what's happened is uh, Bill Cowles is the current uh, supervisor of elections in Orange County. He has been there since uh, the late 90s and he keeps being reelected. And um, he did announce last month that he will not seek reelection. So his term will end in January of 2025. Um, but he has not been responding to comments um, as I've been reaching out recently. But before, um, he's at least with Cynthia Harris, when she was alleging the ballot harvesting, he said that he's not aware of any issues regarding ballot harvesting. And he was unable to comment at that time. Um, but besides that, we have not um, received any comments from his office. One of the things that made Cynthia Harris so compelling is that she actually had footage in the script that the Democratic organizer who came to harvest her ballot actually gave her, right? And so she had the receipts, so to speak, in terms of being able to back up her story. I think that's probably why the state took so much. There is a interesting twist on this. In Florida, it's directly illegal to harvest ballots. In Arizona, it's directly illegal to harvest ballots. It's illegal in Georgia. In all those cases, there are cases open. There have been a few people that have been indicted or convicted in each of those states. But there are other states, like California, where ballot harvesting is lawful. And over the last three weeks, starting with an interview on the Just the News, No Noise television show, President Trump has flip-flopped. He for the longest time said, we're not going to do early voting. We want day of. We're not going to do harvesting. We don't trust it. Everybody should just vote on the day of. After what happened in Arizona, President Trump has flipped around and now he is saying we're going to out harvest the Democrats wherever it is lawful. He released a new video last night. Republicans getting into the early voting game could really change a lot of the dynamics that we've seen in the last three elections. What are you hearing from people on that front? Yeah, no, totally. Yeah across the board with, with <coughs> regard to the GOP and elections, as we saw in Arizona, even um, some, you know, state um, party leaders were also saying, yeah, we also need to get in on this early voting, especially after seeing what happened with Maricopa County on Election Day last year with all those issues. Right. Either technical or even weather can screw up an Election Day strategy, right? Maybe there's a bad storm or snowstorm and people stay home. So even little things can have a big impact on turnout. It seems like the Republicans have finally realized that or embraced that possibility. Yep. Yep. No, that's for sure. They're definitely seeing that. Yeah, that's great. Natalia, how do we follow all your good work? Obviously, your byline in justthenews.com, but where do we follow you on social platforms? Sure. Yeah, I'm on Twitter at uh, Natalia, B-M-I-T-T-E-L, and Truth Social at Natalia, M-I-T-T-E-L. That's awesome. Well, we appreciate all your good work, fair, balanced, factual, and always on the cutting edge. So lucky to have you here as a colleague at Just the News. And thanks for this update. A lot of people have been fascinated by what's going on in Florida. And my suspicion is we're going to have some new developments over the next few months. So thanks again. We'll get you back on real soon. Yeah, of course. Thank you. All right, folks. Thanks for joining us today. A big thank you to Congressman Eli Crane and, of course, Congresswoman 
Harriet Hageman for spending so much time with us. And, you know, two freshmen seeing Washington through the lens of an outsider still, one of them a Navy SEAL, one of them a businesswoman and lawyer, you really get a sense of the passion that many of the newest members of Congress have to really change Washington, not to go along and get along, but to halt the lurching failures or the lurch towards failures in America that Washington seems to have put this country on. Really great insights there. And of course, Natalia Middlestadt, really great reporter here at Justin News. So blessed to have her. Now, before we take a break for the evening and get on to our rest of our life, and again, I want to thank you for listening to this podcast, for watching our television show, Just the News, No Noise, for reading the website, downloading the apps, subscribing to the VIP Club. All of that makes such a huge difference in our ability to deliver you news. And I just want to thank you for that. Listening, subscribing, reading the newsletter at justthenews.com slash newsletter, subscribing to the VIP club, justthenews.com slash subscribe. I just want to thank you for that. But one other way you can support us is by supporting the incredible partners that we have on this show on the Just the News family. They have great products, great services, great customer service. One of them are my friends who produce the all-natural supplement called Liver Health Formula. And how it works is it rejuvenates your liver. It reignites your metabolism. You get more energy. You burn fat, lose some weight. That's a good idea. You boost your energy. And most importantly, you try to ward off one of the conditions that is becoming very common in America. It's very devastating. It's called fatty liver. More than 100 million Americans now have it. And it is the warning sign that you may also end up with heart problems in the future. So don't let you get there. Don't get to the point of realizing you have a fatty liver that's damaged your heart and cut your lifespan. So how do you make sure this doesn't happen? Well, what you do is you go to checkyourliver.com slash just news. Checkyourliver.com slash just news. You're going to get a free sample of the liver health formula as well as some very important materials that tell you about the four warning signs that you have a damaged or fatty liver and you can get a free presentation and get yourself up to speed. Well, how do you do that? Just go check this out today. Do yourself a favor. Your liver has been taking care of you. Take care of your liver. Go to checkyourliver.com slash just news today. It is worth it. I've done it. I'm already better educated and I'm now using the liver health formula. You should too. All right, folks, that wraps up our show today. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning in to John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation, and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now.